Damn, I gotta keep my my. Let's go. Yes, 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 yes. Hello, everyone. Hello. Filling in for that pumps a lot, chit. Wonder why you never get any pumps here. I must say. Oh, uh, pardon me, uh, Pompamoose. Poor four-legged beasts. Um, tonight we have the most esteemed gentlemen of the Gentlemen's Club here in the room tonight, all from all across the land. That hot little number, Lord of Flames. Good evening. The musician of all the kingdoms of the lands around, Sir Roxalot, whom is really a little hot little number, I must say. <laughs> Hello. The classy-dressed Victoria's Secret gentleman, the Deuce of Lingerie. Good evening, eh? And of course, myself, as much as myself can get, Sir Punzelot. Tonight, uh, <laughs> a very good, quickly <clears throat> natured uh, question that Mr. Henner's going to pose to us, and then we'll go on from there. Henner, would you like to take the floor? Absolutely. Please. Oops. Listen, <laughs> the, the sustain, listen to it. Well, I don't hear anything. Well, you would, though, if it were playing. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. Yeah, yeah, would yeah. love it. So today, when I was on the Facebooks, something bothered me. The Facebooks, yes. Do tell. Yes. Yes. yes, 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 it bothered me. Now this was this was on uh, immigration. Oh. Yes. So. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh oh. <laughs> So I've agreed with this in the past, this idea that, and this is, comes up all the time, is we're a nation of laws and we should not reward anyone for breaking the law with regard to immigration, right? It makes sense. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Why would we reward anyone for breaking the law? Because we're a nation of laws and the conversation went on and something about it bothered me and I finally realized what it was. Everyone who says that shit has probably broken a law, meaning they've drank while they were underage, maybe smoked a little weed illegally, done a little cocaine, maybe sped a little, or ran a red light. I was thinking mead. Yeah. <laughs> Had some underage mead. And yet, they're not exactly going down to the police station and turning themselves in because we are a nation of laws and no one should be rewarded for, for breaking the law. I'm so sure. all of us, in one way or another, are the same as, that, as the illegals. We're, we've all done it. We've all done something illegal and we've been given amnesty because we were never caught. So what's the difference? If the logic applies to one, why doesn't it apply to the other? Hmm. Yeah, and that's where I was kind of like, wait a minute. I now figured out why this bothers me. Because the, there's no penalty, really. And I, don't, and I don't need to go into immigration itself, but... Amnesty would be the opposite of a penalty, but there's really no penalty. So how can you have a, a I mean, I'm sorry, a reward? The reward would be the opposite of a penalty, but there really is no penalty. So if I, you know, break the speed limit, 
and I don't get caught, did I just get rewarded? That yeah, was yeah. what I was thinking about today. Really? Yes, yes. So, hmm. so if you speed, you should... So if you did... You should, you, you should pay a penalty even though no one said that you were speeding. Because the, this is a nation of laws and no one should be rewarded for breaking the law. But that would be taking the law to the nth degree. Is there no leeway or forgiveness in a fraction one side to the other? Good question. Under the speed limit or over the speed limit, just like in physics usually or, or in statistics, there's a plus or minus. There's the bell curve. There's the six sigmas. There's, you know, there's always we're trying to get to that perfect place, but we have to give that forgiveness on either side because nothing is perfect. Well, I, I think the legal system in both of our countries relies on the fact that it is far from perfect, and that's why there are so many bloody lawyers to try and figure <laughs> this out. Mm -hmm. Because, frankly, there is no one-size-fits-all law, and you raise an excellent point. If a law is broken in the forest and there's no one there to see it, <laughs> does it cause any damage? Well, yes and no. But that's why we have all these wonderful, honest, truthful, upstanding lawyers to argue the finer points of whether it should be a reward or a penalty or does anyone really care? But, and my question is, is, are you a hypocrite if you say this is a nation of laws and no one should be rewarded for breaking the law if I've ever broken the law and gotten away with it? Am I a hypocrite? Absolutely. Am I a hypocrite? Because from a logic standpoint, I go, I'm a hypocrite. It doesn't We're follow. We're all hypocrites. We're, I mean – you know, if you want to take it from a biblical stance, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Well, oh, I go. would be hard pressed to think of many adults in North America who haven't broken the law. They they may think of it as, you know, bending or tweaking the law a little bit. But I, I honestly think we've all broken the law. We've all recorded baseball without the express written, <laughs> written consent, consent of the commissioner. <laughs> it's happened. You've done it. I've done it. No, I can honestly say I've never done that. Okay, well, something <laughs> equally as horrendous, I'm sure. Yes, I may have downloaded a tune or two. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I guess that's my point, And that's the thing that's bothered me about this for a while. And I used to say that. I used to say that shit. I used to say it because when I was in California, I was actually uh, a Republican. But that's like being a moderate anywhere else in the country when you're in California. But I used to say that because, it, once again, there's a principle involved. But I, I never really thought it through. I mean, and most of us don't when it comes to these political buzzwords and phrases because it sounds good. Like, if you really thought it through. And, and once I thought about that today, I just went, okay, wow, I'm seeing this a little differently now. There's an emotional component, especially when you talk mm. about immigration law. Simply because it is so impactful on people who are generally what we would consider innocent. 
usually when someone comes into a, a country from another country, there there's usually very strong reasons. Uh, it's usually not just a spur of the moment whim. Oh, I think I'd like to live there. <laughs> there's usually some very compelling reasons why they leave their their birth country. So when it comes to immigration law, I'm sure, it, let me back in. I, I'm sorry, Paul. I said my mother wouldn't let me back in. <laughs> That's <laughs> I've immigrated. Oh, not that birth country. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, not birth canal. <laughs> oh, is, 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 is that a region of Italy? Yeah, yeah. Yes. No boot. Yeah, birth canal. <laughs> it is true that we males spend most of our life trying to get back in there, but uh, that's for another show. Nine months to get out and the rest of my life trying to get back in. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, pain I know all too well. Sorry to interrupt, douche. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was on a rant and I totally forgot what was. It was a was. beautiful segue. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> well... Well, well played, old chap. Well played. Uh, well, you, were talking about, you were talking about leaving the uh, your birth country. Yeah. Why they don't want to go back? Well, well I think he. I think ahead. he was right on spot with country. Yeah. <laughs> I say. Spot on. Let's split hairs here. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're heading south. All right, you're starting to stink up the joint. <laughs> Did I? Is that? Uh, Doug is getting lippy. Is that inappropriate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> oh. I wait. I can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of a hearing infection, but it, uh, hey, could, could, could you finger it out for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh look, a six pack. Well, well played. <laughs> okay, let's talk about boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, boobs. boobs. Mm. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so they, they, there's a reason why they leave their country, and that's because there is no forgiveness of the law. Is that what you were saying, Doug? Well, I, I mean, that's a very good point, and that's certainly an excellent reason to leave your country of origin. If there is no leeway with its legal system, if there are no shades of gray, I mean, when you know, like Heno drew a couple of things like speeding but you know if you want to take the law to the nth degree we are to signal x amount 100 feet before the turn we are to stop with you know so many feet back from the, the stop line we are to wait x amount of you know there's all these rules in the book like if you really wanted to get into the inter you know like really to the nth degree then we should be penalized for breaking every one of those do you see what Absolutely. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And if there was a way to do it, I'm sure the traffic authorities would. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, try and uh, laser us down to like, I scanned you and you were uh, 230 instead of 200. Or <laughs> You'll have the logic unit inside your car monitoring your driving. And at the end of the day, you'll get a bill. They they need to change. For every infraction. They need to change it rather get than. My stuck. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's it's not the it's not the rules of the road. It should be called the the uh, the list of probable cause. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and, and I don't know how they set up the the rules here. Like we have basically like roads in Canada that are thoroughfares through residential areas, but they're not main highways. But they're fifty five here, right? 
you go into Canada, it's probably 35 if if I translate, like 70 kilometers an hour, right? Yep. That, that would be a main thoroughfare, not a side street. And yeah, you come down here and it's almost twice as fast. And yet there's this road that goes down where uh, it's it's like a main road that goes to a manufacturer, but there is no residential whatsoever. It is a straightaway that you could do drag racing on and it's 55. <laughs> And it makes no sense. Everybody's doing 70 and 80 down this road. And then one day you'll come by for like, well, not one day, a couple of weeks in a row. Police will be there and one after the other, right? They just write tickets. And then they go away because everything settles down. People are doing 55 again, maybe 60. And they know that, right? They know, okay, we'll leave it for another couple of weeks and we'll come back and we'll write another 50 tickets one day because everybody gets used to, you know. And it's a great example of how the law... When we take it, okay, to the letter of the law, we can manipulate laws or invent laws that serve a dual purpose. And when it comes to immigration, political agendas sometimes get in the way and laws can be created to suit different political agendas. Is that Sue? So, I'm sorry? You said Sue? I'm Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Not Sue, to Sue. <laughs> Don't call to me Sue. To Sue. The laws are it, there for people to sue. That's what it, <laughs> It's my accent. Sorry. No, no, no. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid. No, I agree. You know, like uh, it, it. And the problem is, is the lawmakers are listening to a small group bitching about something. Right. And yet they're the voices that are being heard. And, and if. Not everybody gets together and say, you know what, that's a small population that really wants that. We really don't want it. And I think we had talked about this with Quebec separation, I believe, one time, or mm -hmm. I did with somebody. But if you look at the population of Quebec, it's a very, very small population that wants a separation and drove it all the way to a vote. And almost won, 49 to 51 against well, and that's you know, how stupid people are. They didn't go out and vote for Christ's sakes, and they could have lost their, you know, they could have lost to their province, changing into a country, and no freedoms. It's like in in Toronto, uh, there there's been raised several times that some people who come to Canada who may not have come here legally no. are are utilizing the healthcare system and getting no. treated for free. No. And there, there are those that say, well, you know, this shouldn't be. This shouldn't be our money paying for people to get medical care from our tax coffers when they're not even citizens. And I'm thinking to myself, that flies in the face of what, quote unquote, Canadians claim to be, yeah. is humanitarian. So if someone needs medical aid... You don't turn them down simply because they can't pay for it. But it's a double-edged sword. You say, well, you know, multiply that by 100000 and you can't afford to pay for your own residence. So it's, it's a balancing act when it comes to immigration and, and other laws on interpretation where punishments are applied, where they're not applied, and right back to lawyers. That's why we need a big pool of lawyers. And, you know, Canada's immigration laws are totally different than the U.S. Uh, I've talked to people that have come to Canada and 
they submit an application and they list, you know, are you married? What kind of degree do you have? Do you have children? Does your wife have a degree and whatever? And you get points. If you exceed a certain point level, then you're considered uh, to emigrate to Canada. You pay a fee. I believe you come. You get your, I don't know, your working visa or whatever. And then, thank you, go find a job, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think Walmart handles that here now. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I work. All right, in- so so you guys, your Walmart gives out immigration, and our Walmart hands out guns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you can't even buy beer at our. It's, it's any they can go work anywhere. Like I was in manufacturing, we go work at, like walking out on the floor, working with, and we had a lot of uh, Indian people, like because Scarborough was very populated with, you know, Scarborough, Ajax, that area, and. uh he talked to some of them. Some of them had doctor's degree. There was one guy that had two doctor's degree. They had master's. Some of them were like scientists, and they can't find work. They come on this whim that the Canadian government's, oh, great, you know, you've got enough points. Pay me the money and, uh, you know, come here and go find yourself a job. And then they come here, no one will recognize their degree. Oh, you didn't get your degree from Canada. I'm sorry. Uh, we can't place you as an engineer. We can't place you as a you know, whatever, an IT person, whatever, we don't recognize your degree. And so they can't find jobs. And a lot of them just find whatever they can. It's unbelievable. And I, I, one guy that worked for me had a degree and he went actually back to school and got another one so that he could get off the manufacturing floor. I wonder if it speaks to the quality of the education in other countries or whether we just don't trust other countries or what the reason is these these degrees aren't recognized because frankly just about every doctor i've seen over the last 10 years has been from somewhere else yeah and and i think they just have to rewrite the i don't know what they call it medical exam or whatever to get Mm. re-registered you know if you've just graduated or if it's still fresh in your mind that you could probably do that if you're 20 years into the practice, I bet yeah, you become. Yeah, but I'm yourself. sure it ain't cheap. Hell no. <laughs> Nothing's cheap. Come, come. We take your money. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. <laughs> Live the North American dream of constant work and poverty, but it's with TVs and iPods. So much different than where you're from. They see the population dropping in Canada. So every year they're increasing. And I read this before when I was in Toronto, before we moved down to Chicago, that um, they were going to increase the immigration input from 200 and something thousand to 400,000 because they were saying Canadians are having less and less babies. And so they don't want, if the population drops, then, you know, who's going to pay the bills kind of thing. Then the Americans will march up here and take over the country. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not take over i was kind of hoping you guys could hide me out yeah. <laughs> no problem so what did hey. you do at the con last weekend there clint <laughs> so i i mean oh, that, that you need to run <laughs> wouldn't it make more sense to make well, that adjustment yeah they might find me instead of bringing a bunch of of people over and saying you have to be smart but you won't get a job here yeah, well, uh, the, in I know at least in Silicon Valley in California, that whole area, they're bringing in people, and they, I mean, they bring in foreigners, and they give them jobs, and they're needed because you know, back to a whole other topic, 
we are not educating people in the types of skills with the types of skill sets that we need in our own country. No, you know, know, when I when I first came down in 2000, they said there was a need for I forget how many hundreds of thousands of engineers and the, the, the universities could only output a very small percentage of that. And that's why if you had an engineering degree, you, you'd have no problem as long as someone would hire you, which at that time the place was booming. I was getting job offers everywhere I went. I had no problem coming down until 9-11. Then, of course, everything started to crash. And But um, now I forgot where I was going with that. We, but to your point that, uh, yeah. you know, where there's areas that need people, if there's a shortage, you're, you, you should be able to bring them in. And you also should be able to send them home if they don't live up to the credentials and degrees that they said they have. Yeah, and that's where I, I have a friend that used to be a recruiter, and that's what that's what his his job was basically was to uh, kind of facilitate. And and uh, you know who also does that? Steph does that. She she does that same kind of a deal. We're facilitating you know em, employers and their their personnel. And and when you're talking from other countries, you know this is a, there's a lot of paperwork involved. Oh, there's sure. a lot of stuff, and and there's a whole industry right there. I mean, it's a huge industry. You know, getting someone over here, getting them set up, you know, so they have you know a place to live, transportation, all that kind of stuff. You know, where there's a need. I mean, this is a this is, this is a big deal, and but this also goes back to this immigration thing, where everyone you know talks about how oh we need to uh, employ those people in our country that are unemployed, and it's like yeah, well they don't have any measurable skills, right? That that are needed. Yeah. So yeah. then we're gonna get you know industry is gonna go where it needs to go to get to get their uh, positions filled, and it doesn't matter whether it's you know picking. Uh, doesn't matter if it's picking cotton. <laughs> I was like, I can go totally inappropriate right now. <laughs> we can go right to Africa and collect some people. <laughs> we, got, we got some cottons to pick. Well, it's true. Industry treats, uh, you know, is a reason it's called human resources because people are treated as a commodity. And you source your resources from wherever it's appropriate, whether you're looking for skill sets or just cheap labor. Do you remember shortly after, like it was a couple of years after 9-11, the economy was just bottoming out. And they had a commercial where a couple of Mexicans drive up in a pickup truck and there's a bunch of people in a fenced area all dressed in suits and whatever, and they get out, and he opens a sheet, and he goes, I need an accountant. He goes, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I've Don't got remember? to find that. I've never seen that. And, so, and the, they show them sitting in the back of the pickup What's holding their briefcases, and they drive off. You know? That's hilarious. But it was true, you know, for how many people were unemployed, it was like professionals. It hit hard. And I was almost one of them. You know, luckily I found this job down in Austin, but this plant was starting to boom. And so I stayed within the same company. But if I didn't want to move, I would have had to quit. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, there's a lot of people, especially in IT, they're in a very fragile position the economy changes and there's a lot of those type of jobs go away. I, I know for myself, if we ever lost power, 
I'd be the village idiot because I have no discernible skills without electricity. So, I, I mean, that's that's my bad. But the same thing can be applied to, to a lot of middle management jobs, uh, a lot of jobs in the, the tech sector, that when the economy takes a tank, those jobs are the first to go. So you have a lot of people who have probably pursued, you know, questionable skills that are only appropriate for a, a certain market at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And when that market goes away, you got a lot of car executives wandering the streets, and that's just not good for anybody. <laughs> Clint, have you ever been um, assaulted by an executive on the streets? Not an executive, no. <laughs> no? Oh. <laughs> middle management, day how, yeah, how about, how about Yeah, how about middle management or a day trader? Uh, can't say that I no, have. No, uh, well, well, I mean, there was a bar fight that I was involved in that, I mean, the guy possibly held some type of, like, position. So you were involved in this bar fight how? As an instigator or as the peacekeeper or as someone who got in the way? I was sort of in the way and, well, thrown into it. Um, (laughs) But, well, it it was, we were meeting downtown for a friend's birthday party. I excused myself to the gentleman's room. As I'm walking out, the like half the bar is fighting. Like fist fight. Bottles going all over the place. Fists and people thrown over tables. I wanna hang with you, bro. Dude, that it sounds was, like anarchy. It was glorious. And sure enough, um I actually found my way over to one of the uh, bar employees were like, do you know any of these people? And I looked and I saw my buddy, like, you know, being held back by somebody. I'm like, actually, I know that guy. And they're like, you, you have to leave. Apparently, it had to do with um, one guy on, in our party was rather drunk and was trying to hit on this girl, despite her many rejections and the fact that her husband was right next to her. You traveled with a rough crowd, man. I do. I do. I mean, you know, when I, you know, when I go out, I need somebody who can, uh, you know, stand up and hold their own. You roll with the tough posse, man. <laughs> can't can't say as I've ever been in a bar fight of that magnitude, but that's uh, that's pretty large there. They, yeah, people like that make me feel better about myself. and we all need those people (laughs) okay so Uh, who's been in a full on fist fight me when I was a teenager many times and how did these fights usually happen Uh, that was a long time ago. I'm trying to remember. I just remember this guy always thought his shit didn't stink, and he had his own posse always going around, and um, he's mouthing off one day, and I think I just told him to close his pie hole. <laughs> nice. He's like, you know, what did you say? You know, walking up, whatever, and I said, you know, I just basically told him what I thought of him then, and <laughs> then he swung at me, and I started hammering on him. Before you wow. know, people were pulling us apart, and of course, they all said, "Oh, he won, right?" But I didn't have a scratch on me. 
So I didn't have a black eye, nothing. I just remember that the fists were flying. <laughs> 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 that was one one of a couple of times. I don't know. That was the worst one. That was when I just remember we were hammering each other pretty good. And I was, but I was, I was a pretty tough kid back then. I was in a lot of sports and everything. Yeah, my. My scuffles were always ended before before they came to full blows. I but then again, I was never more. I was never really much of an instigator. Yeah. But I just, you know, it was just more being at the wrong place at the right time. Uh, nineteen ninety six. I was out in Oshawa. We were coming back from a place called the Plowman. Which you may or may not know is a strip joint. No, um, you so don't say. We we had just come back from there, and we were walking towards a pizza place because at one a.m. there's nothing better than a hot slice of pepperoni. <laughs> and we we've had I don't know four or five pitchers of beer, some swill they were serving there amongst the cockroaches but it was cheap and plentiful and the night was young so we were on our way home and this one bloke came up to us and he's like hey you, you guys want to fight we're like what oh you just want to get into it and i'm like yeah okay whatever so i'm just a teeny tiny little guy i'm scrawny but you know the 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 night air was just right, and the amount of alcohol I had uh, drank was just spot on. So uh, you know we we fought for what seemed like an epic battle that took twenty thirty minutes, but it was probably only three seconds. I I missed with a right. He connected with the left. I went down on my butt. And then he was like, oh, you're all right. Are you okay? And, you know, we walked with a guy for about 10 minutes after that and parted ways. The second time I was in a fight, I was shooting my mouth off to someone who rightfully so turned around and said, shut up and popped me right in the mouth. <laughs> Out. I, I put my hands up and said, okay. <laughs> and... I, I guess you really can't call that a fight. That is more or less of a... Uh, back, I can still bite you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I probably should have said that, but uh, I'm still friends with this individual to this day. And uh, yeah, that's it for my my fisticuffs. How about you, Hannah? This I, must have been leading to a good one. Oh, uh, no, not at all. I, I've, I have managed to avoid any significant uh, in elementary school... I had a, a a friend of mine bump me, and I went headfirst into the side of a car. And I turned around, and I grabbed, and like seriously, the guy's twice as twice as big as I am. He's just a, you know a big kid, and I'm just a little scrawny little kid. And and I grabbed his. Uh, well, we were at a, a private school, so we had like uniforms on. So I grabbed him by his collar, by his shirt. I pushed him back up against the fence, and I punched him in the mouth. And then I ran, <laughs> and he chased me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got tired and we stopped <laughs> and I went, I don't know why I did that. And it was like one of those moments where I was just like, yeah, I'll, that was stupid and I'll never do that again. And so I was in high school and these guys, I was walking to school. I was probably a senior 
And these guys drove by, and it turned out that it was one of my like childhood friends was driving the car, and they did, I don't know what, they, they yelled something, I flipped them off, and Roger turns the car around, drives back, and all of a sudden the guy in the passenger side is opening his door like he's going to jump out. And I literally ran up to him, grabbed him, pulled him out of the car, and then I, and so we're basically got each other by the shoulders. And I was like, well, now what do I do? <laughs> like, I seriously, and he hit me in the mouth like, I don't know, like four times. Never hesitate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was, it was just like, whap, 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 whap. And it was like, and it just didn't hurt. I mean, it, it just did not hurt. And I just, I never got angry enough and I never got mad enough. And so I, I literally just flipped him over and I had him in a headlock and I was like squeezing the crap out of him, starting to, you know, to take him, you know, choke. to take him down, choke him out. And, yeah. and all of a sudden this adult comes up, you know, and breaks it up. And so I, I get to school later on and I find out that this guy gets into fights all the time just for the fun of it. And like it was only like maybe a month ago that it got into a fight, and it was one of those classic after school, you know, everyone's around in a circle, and the the guy that he got in a fight with was beating the crap out of him, like literally knee to the nose, just wham, wham, wham. He's down on the ground, basically got his butt kicked, stands up, shakes the guy's hand, and says "good fight" and walks away with you know half his teeth missing, and I'm like. Great. Wow. <laughs> like, that's Probably one of those fighters in uh, you know those closed rings now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, and he, he was just an angry kid. That you know, he was just an angry kid. That's how. That's who he was. And and I, you know, I just managed to avoid it because I. And it was weird. As I got, I got, I got to school, and I had you know, I got a, I you know, there was blood in my mouth. I had, my lip was was split open, and you know, it's like I just it never. It just didn't hurt, and it didn't make me angry enough to actually want to hit somebody. Yeah. And I've never hit anybody since then or had really any desire. I mean, there's a couple people that I'd really like. One of them, I actually might if I ever see him again. I don't know, but chances are I won't. Oh, man. What did I ever do to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, Jens. I got a, a fortune cookie, uh, fortune the other on Friday, and I pasted it on my monitor, and it was it's pretty cool. It says, "Don't give somebody a piece of your mind, give them a piece of your mind," and it was spelled P E A C E, the second one. And so I'm thinking, boy, if you hmm. just remember that, right? Like when you're in that state, like what you're saying is, I'd like to, but. You know, because I get that sometimes with employees and that they can, you know, they can push you a little bit. What? And what so I just remember that they're people too. You never know what they went through last night or this morning leaving the house. Maybe they got ragged on or God knows what, their car broke down. And so you just, you give them, if you can, it's almost like saying give them love, right? If you can give them the peace of your mind, like, dude, relax, let's get this done. You know, like this is, you know, this is all it'll take. You get a lot further. Everyone goes through stuff. Everyone has a story. You never know what's behind that. But isn't there just sometimes that people need their butt kicked? Oh, definitely. Like, (laughs) you know, as much as the the whole Zen philosophy and, you know, the the idea of being peaceable and, and solving things using your words and not your fist, that's 
always the better route, but sometimes people just need to get their ass kicked. Imagine how good that would feel if you could. You no, know, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I just like to make faces at people now. I think it's way more fun, especially when someone's really angry. I just get right in their face. I literally did this at a bar one night. This guy bumped, got so angry. And so I was like, screw it. I just started making faces. I mean, it was, you know, band was playing. It was super loud. I couldn't say anything anyway. And just so I started making faces at him. So he pushed me and I came back up and I got right into his face and started making, and he's, he's still, he wouldn't swing at me. And so he pushed me again. So I got back up and I kept making faces at him. And then the next time he pushed me, the bar- the the bouncers noticed it, walked over and escorted him out of the place, and I kept dancing. <laughs> there you go. Justice <laughs> is a bitch, right? <laughs> Perfect. That's awesome. Plus, it was just making him so mad, you know. And I think I think Neil's talked about this too. And and I I like to do this on when I'm on the road. It's just you know if something happens and there's a little road rage going on, I just you know, stick my tongue out, waggle my fingers, you know, it's hilarious. <laughs> it usually makes them even more mad. <laughs> That's what exactly. I was going to say is you know, sometimes when you've hurt someone after you feel, you feel the guilt or I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't. But what I find is like, if you can just leave things alone, usually something somewhere, sometime will happen. They'll come back and they'll be telling you about it and you just go, <laughs> It's called You're, karma. I know. You're laughing inside going, karma's a bitch. Because <laughs> 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 I've always believed what goes around comes around, right? If you give good, good will come back to you. Not necessarily from those same people, right? I help someone move today. I may need help five years from now. They'll, all of a sudden, someone will sh- show up that I wouldn't have even thought of and help me move. That kind of thing. I think that's karma right uh what goes around comes around so always try and do good it's kind of like mononucleosis <laughs> i don't have mono doug do you uh well uh, you may want to get yourself checked <laughs> yeah. were you guys kissing again uh, we did share a cigar you know we yeah we were out alone for a while i'm uh, just saying <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has taken an ugly turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's gotten ugly. Yep. Wait, wait, I, I've got that. There we go. I was wondering where the soundboard was. <laughs> Is that too soft? I should turn it up. David always says it's too loud, so he made me turn it down. But Well, if it's too soft, remember, there's always Cialis. There's always, there's always Cialis. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. The American brand uh, Viagra. Oh, <laughs> isn't isn't Cialis? Isn't that the new one where you can just take it in the morning? You don't have yeah. to wait until you need it. Right. Which I yeah. do. You do believe Good that? Good day. Because it don't <laughs> it don't take much for me to get thinking about things, and that's all I need is some freaking pill that helps that out. All I have to do is pet a cat or something. I know. Boom, ready to go. Now, <laughs> some the, girl, some girl is gonna just brush me, and I'm just like, wham. <laughs> but so you for it. The best was talking to Derek Pierce when Clint and I were talking to him and asking him about you know the little blue pill when he was literally talking mm-hmm. about being on a porn set. And 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 having so little chemistry that it didn't matter how much Viagra took, it just nothing was going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, wow. That's, and that's you're a trained you professional. 
I can't either imagine. that or you just have that much animosity towards somebody, you know, but Come no, on. you know, because then that would be a hate fuck. And I was that just going to awesome. say, yeah, hate fucking is perfectly legit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. But then when it's over, do you still hate? Oh, yeah, because there's nothing better yeah, than just someone that an- annoys the fuck out of you. You just, oh, they rub you every way, you know, wrong. <laughs> it, and uh, And then you just get to just hate fuck them and then walk away. Sounds interesting. <laughs> it's a huge release of aggression. And so, they, I mean, you're, you're walking away feeling better in more ways than one. Right. And they're calling you back. Aren't you going to stay the night? And you just, you know, two fingers in behind your back and away you go. No, it's better when they hate you back. <laughs> yeah. Cause the reality is, is, is if, if, if you really have that much active dislike for someone, there's something in there that you really want. Yeah. Yep. Something in there. It's it's indifference. Like if you just do not care one way or the other about somebody, then. Well, maybe it's just my psychosis, but I find I hate the people that are most like me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I call well, it the spot it, you got it syndrome. Yeah, probably. <laughs> We're not talking but, penises there. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hate everybody with a 12-inch dick. No, yeah, I was just going to say, that in my case, that would be, well, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of a joke when you mentioned the African. <laughs> I'll say it. Uh, totes and approps. <laughs> <laughs> At the Senior Citizen Center, they had a contest the other day. I lost by one point. The question was, where do women most... Mostly have curly hair. Apparently, the correct answer was Africa. (laughs) 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 Oh, geez. Come on, guys. I'm sorry. My uh, audio cut it there. (laughs) I was actually thinking about the other day about some of the jokes that I used to tell when I was a kid. And I'm talking elementary school kid. And they were just downright inappropriate and horrible and flat out racist. Oh yeah, and yeah. I have no idea where we got them from, but we had there were we had scores of them, and they were horribly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And I was a child. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, back then in the '60s, it, uh, it was a different world there, Hannah. Sorry, I'm not sure what you said. <laughs> Quit asking me questions. That's what she's saying. Quit asking me questions. Good timing. Uh, so um maybe we should switch to our next topic about the female gender or no what about do we want to talk more philosophical or want to save that for next time I, I, I've been, I've been drinking my homemade wine that I made, so I'm ready to talk philosophically. So, so the second question tonight was, what if there were no philosophical questions? Our digger, our digger was a boozy beggar who could think you under the table. David Hume could have consumed Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, and Wickenstein was a beery swine who was just a slosh to Schlegel. There's nothing nature couldn't teach about the raising of the wrist. 
Socrates himself was permanently pissed. Jones here at Bill of his own free will, on hot one shot, he was particularly ill. Later this day, he could sing it away. After a whiskey every day, Aristotle, Aristotle was a bugger for the bottle. Hobbs was fond of his dram. And rainy day, Carl was a drunken fart, I drink, therefore I am. Yes, Socrates himself is particularly missed. A lovely little thinker by the bugger when he's pissed. Besides the not that question itself philosophical. True, true. <laughs> and why? Because you could have an informed, rational, and honest disagreement, ultimate but not absolute, closed under further questioning, possibly constrained by empirical or logical mathematical sources, but required noetic resources to be answered. Damn! Did you just look that up, Emily? <laughs> Drops the mic, walks in. <laughs> I found this abstract on on what is a philosophical question. <laughs> wow. I heard you I can. Just, man, I just thought I just Look, got you, served. You got to hear this whole this whole thing. It says uh, abstract. There are many ways of understanding the nature of philosophical questions. When we consider their morphology, semantics, relevance, or scope, this article introduces a different approach based on the kind of informational resources required to answer them. The result is a definition of philosophical questions as questions whose answers are in principle open to informed, rational, and honest disagreement, ultimate but not absolute, closed under further questioning, possibly constrained by empirical and logical mathematical resources, but requiring noetic resources to be answered. The article concludes with a discussion of some of the consequences of this definition for a conception of philosophy as the study or science of open questions, which uses conceptual design to analyze and answer them. I had no idea what that said either. I was just like, okay. <laughs> but I did find something that made me that that was kind of an interesting thing is that there are two types. If it's not a philosophical question, it's a scientific question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, scientific questions can be answered with facts, right? And if, if it hasn't been proven yet, does that make it philosophical? Yeah, that it, well, that it can't be, if it can't be proven. Right. And so if there are no philosophical questions, would that mean that we have found facts to back up whatever side of the philosophical question was in question? Well, my geek mind wonders if there are philosophical questions on Vulcan. Oh. There would have to be. That sounds like an emotional response, though. <laughs> well, the, a philosophical question usually helps to, as Heno was stated, lead the mind in a certain direction. So in order to illustrate a concept which is not readily available or a concept which is totally new, a philosophical question helps to frame that idea in such a way that it is easily translatable. Therefore, a philosophical question may later become an empirical question. Yeah, if you can prove it with facts. Wow, look at the big brain on Brett. Wow. <laughs> that was a lot better than my response. But you you need wow. someone that will accept it. I mean, like the tree that falls in the forest and makes a sound, you know. You know, there's you can break that into so many small parts that all of a sudden you've got you can win your arguments both sides. Well, I can broach a philosophical question that leads to a, a certain destination, and that destination may be a dead end. So raising the philosophical question or the open question is not seeking to define an argument uh, with a resolution, 
but merely to <clears throat> elevate a level of thinking or bring about a level of thinking that you may not be able to bring about empirically. Yeah, I like this idea of like ultimate but not absolute, meaning right. that it has it can have an a conclusion, but it's not an absolute conclusion. You know, that you can get to a point where you've just basically hashed it out as far as you can get it. You end up with could be an a disagreement or an agreement either way, but the question is still ultimately not answered. And then there's like and I love this idea of uh the the constraints, you know, the constraints of our the our minds <clears throat> and what makes us human beings, this idea of dichotomy, how we if there's if if there's an endpoint, well there has to be something beyond it. If there's an up, there has to be a down. If there's something, there has to be you know, then can there be nothing? Opposite. Yeah, yeah there has linear constraints. Yeah, yes. and it's always this duality and and our brains cannot comprehend uh, we are limited to our thinking and and what we understand as we've seen in our environment directly around us and well to that end do you think that there are and this is a philosophical question do you think that there are limits the human brain that will never be achieved, just like certain blind spots. So mm. are there some questions nice. that we are not physically, genetically, or chemically capable of answering? I love so, how you phrase that as a blind spot. I think human beings have lots of blind spots <laughs> that we, <laughs> we can't Absolutely. understand. Absolutely. Yeah. We can't understand there. I, I absolutely believe there are concepts that we just cannot understand or comprehend. I believe that too. Yet, but I have no empirical data well, to back exactly. that up. <laughs> yeah, until, until we're shown, actually. You're just, it's just this idea of, okay, well, the Big Bang occurred and the universe was created. Well, what was before the Big Bang? Well, maybe nothing. What do you mean nothing? What? How did it start? You know, it's like we cannot, you know, grasp Comprehend this. Yeah. nothing. Well, yeah, comprehend that space goes on forever. How is that possible? Yeah, well, if, I mean, if, I, if you got shot at a rocket to the, the universe that it's, it's expanding direction because, you know, it is expanding. So if you go in a certain direction, you'll probably land up doing loops around. <laughs> but, you know, if you go out and uh, you just keep going out forever, because, I mean, that's something your brain can't comprehend either. How, how, how can there be no end? I mean, even if you ran into something, there's got to be something on the other side, right? I mean, we have people that cannot grasp their mind around the idea that are the the planet we are on is older than 6,000 years old. Yeah. I mean, what, old, what, what it is. Yeah. And, and it's you a, have not read the scripture. Have yeah, you? No, I have not. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that it's round. Yeah. <laughs> it's a flat. And, and so much of our, so much of our, you know, decision-making, you know, in our lifetimes it is so, you know, as I've gotten older and I have perspective of decades, I sit there and I start to realize that that you know we cannot possibly comprehend what a million 
years is. And the right. fact that, you know, evolution and things like this occurred over over hundreds of thousands of years. We cannot even, we cannot, we, how can you possibly wrap your brain around that, actually understand what that means when our lifetime is less than, you know, 10 decades? Yeah, everything needs a frame of reference. Yep. Everything needs something that we can compare it to. And because we have a very finite, very short, a very linear existence, even the fact that we are able to comprehend a glimmering of a nonlinear universe is, is astounding, I think. But would we ever be able to wrap our heads around what, is truly out there, I I don't believe we can. I believe that the singularity of uh, uh, machines that we will create shortly will be able to comprehend that. Whether they'll be able to explain it to us or not is another question. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I didn't hear a word you said because uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens just advertised on TV because I have the foot <gasps> game on in the back, and it's the first advertisement. They the, is the, it the, new the brand one? new trailer. It's brand the new, brand new, new trailer. trailer. God, it's just mesmerized. I was like, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I've been waiting. I actually they, I actually uh, bought my pre-order ticket for the IMAX 3D tonight. They, they kept advertising that it's going to show tonight at halftime, and, and I've been waiting. All of a sudden, I look over, and it just started, and I'm like – Yes, there it is. It's incredible. If you want to see The Force Awakens, come on over, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Clint, we're going to have to get a hold of Derek Pierce again. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure he'd love to come back. You know damn well he's he's. they're already working on The Force Awakens. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> The force rolls over and awakens. Okay, so what? What will be the? What, so what? What? what, yeah. what who would he be? Well, what? Yeah, exactly. Well, what? What well, is the force? Is it? I mean, is it going to be Darth squirting? Diddler. I mean, Darth. Well, <laughs> well so I'm thinking since he's gonna be, you know, more of a villain, and the, you know, and the villain that we know of is Kylo Ren. I'm trying to think of what play on. He would just play it simple and go with a lightsaber. Maybe he could be oh big one Kenobi. <laughs> oh, big one. <laughs> oh look, it spews. <laughs> All I want to see is a big prick swinging dick fest in the sounds of. <laughs> that would be awesome. Didn't John Ritter do that a few years back? Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that to everything. <laughs> is, that, is that your stock answer now? Yeah, Jimmy stock. Buffett. Yeah, that's it. That I think I, this has got to this has got to um, stick. This has got to run. This is this has to be the answer for everything. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. No, it's no, a great, it's a great company. It's great. I met him. I actually got to meet him in uh, Key West. That's I didn't right. Meet him, but I, when I lived in South Florida, I got to see him. Uh, uh, twice in concert. He's a nice guy. 
we were at his bar. We're just taking pictures. I want a picture, you know, and all of a sudden he walks up behind us and goes, I want to be in the picture. And I turn around and go, holy crap. Okay. Right. And the people who were taking our picture, like, oh, you know, my wife. So he puts his arm around my wife, you know, and taking pictures. And then we're, we're walking out, like, and I'm looking at the picture. She gets, she looks at me, she goes, who the hell was that? <laughs> oh, ow. I bet he smells like the beach. I Does he smell like the beach? I just looked at her, my mouth dropped. I'm like, what? <laughs> She goes, well, who was it? He he put his arm around me. <laughs> you know, that that's one dude, if someone was to say to me, what kind of lifestyle would you have liked to have over your life? Oh. That would have been it. Yes. Him and Kenny Chesney. I guess you don't know who Kenny Chesney is. Kenny no, I Chesney? Was he the one, was he the one who, thought, who thought his tractor was sexy? No, I don't think so. He he sings a lot of like songs like uh like uh Jimmy Buffett, like about the beach and water in the sand and all that kind of stuff. But he's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. But it's more western style. Mm-hmm. Kenny Chesney. Look him up. He's pretty right. he's pretty No, I believe you. We got cool. both kinds of music here, country and western. Country and western. He <laughs> <laughs> Ah, jeez. So any more of, of nature of reality, existence, knowledge, mm. values, reason, mind, and language of those mental natures? Boobs? No, boobs. Philosophy. Boobs. Did somebody say boobs? Yeah, that's... Boobs. Boobs. I always say that's guys, you know, when they say, you know, you, you think with your other brain. No, we've just got the squirrel syndrome when we call it boobs, you know, like boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Instead there's, of squirrel. There's nothing more fun than approaching a woman and making every effort to maintain eye contact. Oh yeah, because it gets so uncomfortable. And and especially when you just when you can your your peripherals, which we have perfected to a T, are just screaming for you to make the slight adjustment, but you maintain eye contact. And do you, do you find you're doing like the eyebrow maneuvers and you're kind of looking up at the sky a little bit and, you know, trying to look back down at the eyes? <laughs> Just anything you can to... Did I ever tell you about this girl that worked for me when I was in Springfield, Missouri? And no, she, you didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> she had like, like 80 triple Qs and she always <laughs> these short like things and she was cute as a button, right? Just like stacked out. And she would always come in. I'd be sitting at my desk. She'd always come in and bend over, put her hands on my desk and bend over and look me in the eye and try and talk to me. <laughs> and I could feel fish hooks with 100-pound weights in them. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I couldn't, right? Like, she, I swear to God, she did it on purpose. She was just... Well, of obviously. course, yeah. Gee, I was, well, <laughs> duh. Duh. God darn it. I'm she was looking you. at the guns. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and so was I. <laughs> She got the big guns. Boom, boom. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what helps me get away with it every single time. Sunglasses? No, (laughs) my my regular glasses. I I will take them off to clean them. Ah, yes. You look down. Air quotes, clean them them, and look down while I'm cleaning. And I tell them, you know, I'm sorry. I can't see a thing without them. How, how very sly, creeper. You know what helps me to get away with it? Hey, it prevents me from getting bitch slapped 100% <laughs> of the time. You know what you just did, Clint? 
You just told a huge population. Now they know when a guy pulls his glasses off in front of them and starts cleaning them. I can't see a thing. They're gonna go, <laughs> and, 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 and with the magic of editing, I will have never said anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Send twenty nine ninety five in care of douche lingerie. So, speaking Ontario, of Ontario, Canada, I think our last topic we were going to talk about, you know, there are things that people are attracted to in a woman. But if you could pick one thing that you or, you know, draws you first other than boobs. Well, I guess we should include boobs. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes you don't notice things till after you take a second look. So, for instance, you know, so someone could have absolutely gorgeous hair, Right. And then they turn around and they got, whoa, you know, like nice from far, but far from nice. But something attracted you to look first. Is it a whole package deal? Is it nice butt? Or would just nice hair do it? What about, you know, like they, the, everything's nice and they open their mouth and they have a gap between their teeth. Would that turn you off? Not if the ass is looking juicy. <laughs> like there's, they could turn around and be completely, the, the woman could be flat chested, buck tooth, unibrow, you Fun. name it. Chipping but if it. that boot, booty is juicy, mm. Mm -hmm. now the opposite, when you see someone <laughs> comes. Those other features will be face down in a pillow anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I feel bad. Some people, men included, their back goes down and meets their legs, and it's a linear deal, <laughs> just like our thought process. <laughs> and I'm sorry, there's no amount of boobs or eyes that can make up for nice booty, a very long back mm. that never goes anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, can't do it when. When I just attended uh, this con over this past weekend, um, which actually you guys actually, side note, I got approved for my press pass for C2E2. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I, I got the email while I was at the con. Anyway, uh, back to the con. So there was a fair amount of uh, females in cosplay. And... You know, because of the nature of a lot of the tabletop RPGs and things like that, a lot of the gaming had steampunk elements. Excellent. And I'm telling you, some of the female cosplay, you know, it seemed to, like, especially when you're dealing with corsets and, you know, things hugging this way and that way and... One of the majorly accentuated body parts, one of the most prominently displayed, was the tush. Mm -hmm. Tush. It's a big uh -huh. boy show, Clint. You can say ass. Well, I was okay. I, sorry. I, I was thinking of the uh, you know the ZZ Top Down. Lord, take me downtown, and I'm just looking for some tush. There you go. <laughs> looking for some. Did you hear that they they played at Lagrange? Texas for the first Good. time this year. They yep. have never ever played there in their entire careers. Yeah, I read that. Who was and I thought that is amazing that you know it is. They would be you know they would go to the near uh, the near city and play a concert, but they'd never actually gone to Lagrange, where they which got a lot of nice women. Yeah, they got a lot of nice women there, and they finally they finally went and played there. 
probably year. the manager, all about the money, whatever. They didn't have a choice, you know. It's not probably something they could or had control over. Well, yeah, yeah, it was probably the equivalent of playing the county fair somewhere, and they're finally at that circuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, yes. Okay. But yes, the... Uh, the part, dude, it, I'm telling you, it was like booty all over the place all weekend long. And it was glorious. So if you see a nice butt, she could be bald, but you're in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't notice the baldness. I mean, not not in the direction my eyes are. I'm just trying to throw things out. <laughs> I, I yeah. couldn't think anything else. Maybe, mm. You know, like she's got a chest of a man. Like arms the size of me, <laughs> but still sexy. I'm still with you. <laughs> I'll, I'll take you. Down. She's taking too much testosterone. I'm still with you. <laughs> See, I like. So here's the thing. I, I talk to Sharon about this all the time. I'm at, I'm I'm fascinated in what is different. Like very short, super tall. You know, mm. very you know, curvy. Something extreme fascinates me you know it's just it's how i've always been and you know and something that's normal or i don't even know what that means you know it's like it doesn't do anything for me even though the you know you know i've had girlfriends of all different shapes and sizes but when it comes time to what grabs my attention is something that is out of the ordinary and i've always been like that so it's a bit of a problem for you at the primate house at the zoo. There's short, hairy, different varieties. <laughs> yeah, and no. <laughs> Chickenzie. <laughs> Chickenzie. <laughs> Way to go, Rapunzel. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. oh, come on. You, oh, you dude, can't I'm tell so- me. You've seen the movie Planet of the Apes. Oh, well, yeah, she was hot. Uh-huh. She mm-hmm. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah she a was. A little quick little shave here and there. And <laughs> I'll tell you this. Go. With, uh, you know, with the whole Star Wars thing, you know, you give me a woman who can give a proper Wookiee yell, and I'm all over that shit. Man, you ain't lived till you've been Wookiee. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Give your, it. your wife's a Bigfoot, isn't she, Gus? Your wife's a Bigfoot. You brought her home, you shaved her down. <laughs> you married her. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Doug? What, you know, nice eyes, nice face. This just in. <laughs> my wife tells me that I like everything of a woman that directly resembles her. <laughs> and her features. Well played, and, and sir. Well played. Thank you. Good night. Yes. <laughs> uh, come on, Doug. You can't get away with that. I, I'm I'm a yeah. big fan, and this is going to make me sound like such a lying jerk, but I'm a big fan of eyes. Bright, clear, big eyes. I don't care what color, but to me, it's that, that spark park of life that kind of maybe it's because I'm you know an old curmudgeon and those young youthful bright eyes are just so attractive that's what 
catches my attention. You have to get pretty first. close to catch that bright eye, though, don't you? You know what? You'd think, but no, not really. I mean, in the in in decent lighting, I can see that from across the room. That's her contacts. Yeah, well, it could be, but <laughs> hey, I mean, augmentation is augmentation. Uh, Sharon's got really just stunning eyes and it's it's wild how uh you know i'm used to them now they're still mm. amazing they're still gorgeous and i love them but it's wild how we'll be somewhere and someone will just comment like wow your eyes or someone will you know i will someone will meet her for the first time and just say holy crap her eyes and and it's yep. always and i go yep <laughs> yep. It's an attractive feature. It, I really think it is. You better, better stay away from Idaho, there, Doug. Who Idaho? Who you Idaho? Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. So speaking of the childhood jokes, that was always one that I knew of uh, when I was younger. So if potatoes were people, which one would be the hooker? The one. The one that says Idaho. Yes, I knew that one. <clears throat> They're the ones that peel. (laughs) Lightning fast with that one. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, uh, I I actually just read something a minute ago that a woman said that uh, she would hate to be in bed with Han Solo because he always shoots first. (laughs) So every man ever. Would would she be named Russet? (laughs) (laughs) We've devolved into potato jokes, folks. <laughs> God, it's a tough night today. I feel like Grant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you call two guys fighting over a prostitute? I don't know, Lord Flame. What do tug you of, call? Tug of whore. Tug of whore. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm going to be using my cricket sound effect. So, yeah. So, so. Yeah, where's mine? As is, as is every joke at, of mine. So you only look at girls with nice, nice touches. Like, Not you know, only, but lately that just seems to be what's more. You know, it's the deal sealer. Visible. Hmm. What's yeah. what I mean? What's the first thing, you know, when you look? Sometimes it's, I don't think there is any one thing. That's why I kind of brought it up. Sometimes you something catches your eye yeah. and it's. Someone that has absolutely gorgeous hair. That's it. they're standard hair, right? But they're just something about it really shiny and beautiful color, whatever. It's natural, you know, or they have really clean complexion. That You know, something that, like you said, is out of the ordinary from the ordinary. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a really nice butt or, you know, legs that, like, are six feet long. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So. Just, you know, they could even be strong eyebrows, right? Like, I, that's one thing really that I don't like is girls who pluck their eyebrows till it's like a, a pencil line. You know? But you like the caterpillars, <laughs> the forehead, wow. big, bushy, strong eyebrows. Uh, especially the you know brow. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, you know what I mean, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it it gives de- nice eyebrows give definition to to, to a face. Um, I'm just throwing things out there. I to me it's not one thing. There's everybody has something nice you could find on them. 
bubbly personalities. You get talking with them. There can be girls you wouldn't even give a second look, but you meet them and you're talking and they're just so upbeat and bubbly and happy. All of a sudden you start falling in love with them kind of thing or drawn to them. Yeah. And that's, that's like, I've had, I've had girlfriends that after I finally broke up with them and there was no one, there was no longer the, whatever the, the initial attraction was where I look back and I go, what the fuck was I looking at? (laughs) Actually, that was the truth. I'll tell you, (laughs) but no, but really it's that amazing how like sometimes that I don't know whether it's pheromones. I don't know whether it's the, where the moon is or what it is that just this mysterious chemistry where some, where, you know, the rest of the world could be walking by and ignoring her. And she is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. There, there's a chemical compound that uh, can explain that, and its uh, its letters are H O R N E Y. Maybe uh, uh, or W H O R E. Let's see. I was thinking of M um, O N E Y. <laughs> Just as long as you don't bring up mom's moist belly. <laughs> belly <laughs> In the fall. <laughs> what about like clothes? Sometimes there are very good looking women. You want to give them a second look because they're wearing this loose baggy. And there could be girls that once there's they're one stitch away from an explosion but they look nice in these jeans or whatever again i have to revert back to the cosplay of the con that i just attended <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps it was because it was feeding into fantasies that were running rampant through my head the entire weekend yeah. you know well well you know it really all those accents that women in cosplay will use the bustiers, the corsets and so forth play upon some very basic uh, biological urges towards the male gender. The, the breasts themselves when pushed together actually simulate the buttocks and the red lips will simulate the lips of the vagina as well. These are all calling cards that upright species as ourselves will use to attract the the male of the species. So if we were walking on all fours, the breasts would be uh, not be as pronounced or the lips on the face would not be as pronounced because the genitalia would be exposed by walking on all fours. So since that is covered up, the species has had to find a way to replicate those qualities which will attract a male in the vertical position. So you're saying that the reason that I love cleavage is because of plumber's crack? That's right. (laughs) Uh, and, And it leaks. If you take a look at some nice booty and some nice cleavage side by each, you will see the similarity. Yeah, but I go back to once again, plumber's crack. (laughs) And I got to go with this whole red lips thing. Lips uh are horizontal. The vajay is vertical. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now, when you... 
when you kiss said lips, are they still horizontal? Not exactly. Yeah, well. You know, if I approached a kiss like I approached uh, uh, the hoo-hoo, or let me just call it what it is, <laughs> the pussy, mm. that would look weird. I'm like, hey, can you can you hold on a second? Let me like I got let me come at this sideways with my tongue extended. <laughs> Here, let me I got to hold your hands out just right too. <laughs> it's a simulation, much like throwing something that looks like a fly on top of the river so that the trout will come to eat. <laughs> I see. So hmm. what you're saying is we're all we've all been manipulated. Basically, yeah, but we all knew that, didn't we? (laughs) This should not be news. Paul had a perfect example of the manipulation, bending over the desk, making direct eye contact, making sure the cleavage is front and center. It's it's all part of the dance. So do we have any uh, uh, tips for the masses today? Oh, yes, the tips, the tips. Who would like yeah, to start? Actually, I have, I, I, I've got this great page that I found that, that gives you Victorian etiquette mm. based on different topics. And so I'm yeah. going to read v- Victorian etiquette, etiquette on the street. Actually, I'm not even going to bother with the accent because it's horrible. Oh, come on, Mike. Oh, come on. <laughs> Courtesy requires the return of all civil greetings, those of servants included. Only the most serious causes can justify a cut. I just love that, a cut. In bowing, the head should be best. A mere lowering of the eyelids, affected by some people, is rude. But etiquette does not permit a familiar nod, except between businessmen or very intimate friends. In passing and repassing on a public promenade or drive, bows are exchanged only at the first meeting. In carrying canes, umbrellas, and packages, care should be taken that they do not inconvenience others. In meeting on a street crossing, gentlemen should make way for ladies and younger persons for older ones. Ladies and gentlemen, when meeting on the sidewalk, should always pass to the right. Right. In the evening, or whenever safety may require, a gentleman should give a lady his arm. Actually, you know what they didn't talk about is the man should always take the curbside of the yes. street. Yes, I've heard this. Thereby, yes, that way when manure splashes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yep, affects the gentleman. So if yeah, so when a car would drive past and things would slosh up from the street, the gentleman would shield the lady. Yes. I like this. No gentleman will smoke when walking with or standing in the presence of a lady standing in the street. Unless that bitch be smoking <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, let's see. A true lady will, will go quietly and unobtrusively about her business when on the street, never seeking to attract the attention of the opposite sex, at the same time recognizing acquaintances with a courteous bow and friends with pleasant words of greeting. <laughs> yeah, I think that rule's stuck to this day. No gentleman should stand on the street corners, steps of hotels, or other public places and make remarks about ladies passing by. Man, I blew that in Portland. <laughs> hey, tuts! Like when that, there's this girl that walked by that was like six feet tall, and all I could all I could think of is, is hey, can I climb you? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and she looked over for a, a moment and looked like she was considering it, <laughs> and then went on her way. And she figured, nah, it'd take too long. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lord of the Flame, what tip do you have for us today? Well, uh, my tip comes in the form of... Not that kind of tip. Oh, oh, sorry. sorry I didn't let you No, it, it comes <laughs> from... form of a mushroom. <laughs> sorry. A quote that I remembered actually from a philosophy class that I took in college um, was... Uh, said by Plato, said, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Oh, yeah, sure. Which actually reminded me of something that you were saying earlier, Paul, just you, yeah. you never know what kind of day somebody is having. You never know if something just happened, to, you know, to that person to, you know, to be making them act a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. yeah, it just made me think of that, you know. I mean, really, it takes... It takes much less effort to just be polite and be kind to somebody, you know, and it has such a greater impact than, you know, than the other way around. Yeah. Wow. Sir Douge of yes. Lingering on. Lingering. Well, <laughs> yes, quite. Well, I I should like to point out that when dining, whether it be breakfast, midday tea, or sup, it is indeed appropriate to place one's elbows on the table. There is no rule placed upon us where we may not place our elbows on the table. However, you may not clasp your hands together and rest your head upon your hands while the elbows are on the table. Your elbows being on the table is a perfectly acceptable form of leaning in to speak to the person across from you. Obviously, when you're consuming your soup or your entree, it's inappropriate to have your elbows on the table and quite impossible to eat that way. However, you may rest your forearms upon the table. So next time you are told to get your elbows off the table, you can tell that MF... <laughs> that it is absolutely fine to have them there. Thank you. Excellent. That's uh, that's very interesting, Mr. So, Dude. so where Mind? does where does etiquette fall with if when that person tells me, I tell them to go fuck themselves? Have you guys? No, that's totally appropriate. Have you guys ever seen the blind date? With oh, I can't remember who's in it, but um. I will send you a link after this to the Gentleman's Club. You got to watch this. They're talking about soup. And <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> it is hilarious. It's called The Blind Date. Okay, my tip. Uh, yes, my tip. Yeah. I, I, um, just you know, tip. Quite, you guys have, uh, yeah, just the tip. You guys have. Uh, it's a lovely tip it is. You guys gone far. Mine was very simple. I think a part of a best friend's job should be to immediately clear your computer history if you die. 
I've actually made special arrangements in my will for my porno collection. <laughs> I want that drive and I want it in my pocket. <laughs> Before my mother comes over, <laughs> the following I, 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 folders full of DVDs. <laughs> I often thought, you know, like, oh my God, what happens if you did die and someone found that folder that it's like, Oh, he was you human. Guys, you guys don't have the kill switch? There's a kill switch. So if you're dying, yeah. there's a little kill switch in your pocket? I, just... No, I have a bracelet. And the moment it stops feeling a pulse <laughs> is the moment it, dumps. it deletes what, my hard drive. What if you're uh, going for an operation and, they, you know, they just stop your heart for something and you come well, back like, no! <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> It, 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 it needs All to... I know is I'm going to be screwed when The Force Awakens comes into theaters because I guarantee you I'm going to be so blown away my heart's going to stop for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that they were selling today, so I'll have to wait with the Minions and yeah. a couple of months and then go see. Oh, I already, oh, I already just bought my ticket tonight. <laughs> they were still available? Yeah. Huh. Might have to have a look after yeah, I know. I know because of all of the traffic, that uh, websites are like some websites are crashing, and a lot of people I'm seeing on Facebook cannot get their tickets. It's uh, a marketer's wet dream. No kidding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really is. Disney must be just you know, pensing their fingers, going excellent, excellent. Yes, keep them probably. Big. They probably got already three more in their back pocket ready to record, show us. In the... Hey, if they could just bring Peter Jackson on board, they'd be set for the next ten. And <laughs> 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 maybe a lot more Hobbit in the movie, but you know. Yeah, they they live on the they live on the other side of Dagobah. There you go. The Hobbits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you you didn't know Yoda's mother was like half Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it isn't so. Uh, All right, well, I guess that's it for the gentlemen's club tonight. And wonderful, we need uh, Sir Rockslot to lead us out. Play on. <clears throat> me 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 me. He's going to sing. Me, 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 me. I, I told you it's all about me. <laughs> Touch me. Behind, we both lose. 
just a matter of time. You're living the dream, are you on top? My mind is aching, Lord, it won't stop. That's how it happens, living life by the drop. That's how it happens, living life by the drop. <laughs> Love the Stevie Ray. Oh, and that song was actually written by a man called Doyle Bramhall, who was a very and his and Doyle's wife, who was a very good friend of Stevie's. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, you guys can't see it, but I'm jumping up and down right now, flashing the camera. <laughs> put put your willy away. We Poor don't need to see you flashing <laughs> the camera, okay? That's quite yet to get with away. Well, I couldn't help it. I was changing my pants after seeing the Force Awakens trailer. <laughs> you know what? I will be doing the exact same thing in about twenty minutes when I become a big crying bitch. <laughs> That was freaking awesome. I'm telling you. I was just... I've already got it. I've already <laughs> oh got it God, queued up here. Almost here. It's almost here. I mean, it was, it looked real. Sir Roxalot will blast my inbox. Uh, <laughs> just, there's nothing like a, I like better than blasting a little douche inbox, I'll tell you. <laughs> there's nothing better than blasting a little lingerie right up the old inbox. <laughs> I, I knew there was something about Mark. He's a prepper like me. Yeah, I it love was that. Unreal. <laughs> and I mean the guy has his shit down. It was it was the greatest presentation I'd heard. It needs to be like Oh my god, I fucking love this guy. I want him to be my best friend. <laughs>